You're listening to Shaping Narratives, a collection of voices from West Michigan's communities of color. Brought to you by WGVU, NPR, and PBS in West Michigan, and in partnership with the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. The voice of today's podcast is Christine Wangi, host of WGVU's The Black Honest Truth, a podcast exploring the distinct experiences that African immigrants and African Americans have with blackness. A first-generation transplant from Nairobi, Kenya, Christine has degrees from both the U.S. and England. Her medical and health background help her find expert voices to discuss health and home and isolation. Today we are joined by Terrence Rubin, Director of Outpatient Services at Mary Freebet Rehabilitation Facility, Executive Director of My Team Triumph Michigan Chapter, and founder of PT Sports Pro, a 15-year legacy of one-on-one personal training service for athletes. As a physical therapist, what would you say has been your experience with virtual physical therapy during this time of quarantine and social distancing? It's, it's definitely been an interesting period, Christine. Uh, you know, to start with, you know, physical therapists are very hands-on clinicians. Uh, everything we touch and feel helps us to then figure out how to evaluate and treat a patient's condition. So with, with the social distancing and then some of the parameters that were set out due to COVID-19, uh, you know, we're unable to do that, to have that hands-on approach to our patients. However, we do realize that our patients still need to be helped. And it's now allowed us to be a lot more creative about how we approach our patients and what can we do that can truly provide some value and some help assistance to them and to their condition. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you mentioned virtual, uh, and this is the, the buzzword right now with just about everything uh, where we've gotten to, to be forced to become virtual, or some of us have already been in a virtual sort of world for a while, and it's allowed us to grow and be more successful in that. Uh, interestingly enough, at Mary Freebed, we've been uh, building a virtual service program for the last six months because we understand that there is a need in our community to provide that level of service. We weren't expecting to be using it in this way this soon. But, uh, you know, again, the COVID-19 has forced our hand to really try to figure out how to fast track that and implement some of the strategies that we've developed over the past six months. So, yeah, the, the virtual mm. visits and the virtual services has changed a lot of the way we do things, but it has allowed us to actually be better at what we do in terms of being much more observant, uh, much more like, you know, clinically kind of tuned in to every movement that the patient is displaying to us so that we can figure out how best to help them. Thank you. And speaking more to the creativity of it all, what are three tips or resources that injured people um, can access in this time to aid in their healing process? That's a great question. I think one of the things that we've always learned over the years of, you know, not just being an athlete, but even just being a patient is uh, most of the time when we hurt ourselves is because we do too much, too fast, too soon. And that applies to even your therapeutic, you know, uh, benefits that you're trying to create by exercising. If you're not doing an exercise correctly, if you're doing too much of it, if you're doing it too fast, if you're doing it too soon before your body is able to handle that, that can actually hold you back and can create enough of a setback that you won't heal yourself. So the body has this amazing ability to heal itself. And what I I always say as a physical therapist, we create the best environment for it to heal. And here uh, in this, uh, you know, number one tip is don't do things too fast uh, and too soon. Mm. So the second thing I would say is, uh, especially if you're a patient that's injured and you have 
some sort of prescription to manage your pain levels uh, through medication, quite often patients will go, well, you know, I'm not doing very much, so therefore I shouldn't take my medication uh, as much, you know, uh, as been prescribed. And the problem with that is that the medication usually helps you to manage your symptoms. It doesn't eliminate your symptoms, but allows you to manage your symptoms so then you can do other things. So my second tip is if you are on, on some medication for your symptoms, go ahead and continue to take them so it can help you to do just that little bit more to allow you to get better. Thank and the you. third tip would be mm. is like there's a lot of resources out there. And sometimes when you read everything that's out there, you try to go with, well, you know, I should do that. And uh, uh, it's, it's a tough place to put yourself in because not everybody heals and responds the same way. So purely from an injury standpoint, you know, don't do too much too fast too soon. Number two, watch you know, whatever your doctor has prescribed you in terms of activity levels to a certain point or medication. Follow those rules as close as you can. And number three, be very judicious about the information that you're downloading uh, so that you can do the best that you can for your injury as applies to you and your body. So um, let's switch gears to athletics and athletes and and how they are also managing their training programs during this time. Um, As an experienced triathlete, what is your advice uh, at this time to athletes whose, let's say, training sessions have been canceled or training facilities are now closed? How would you help them uh, stay physically and mentally engaged during this time? That's another great question, especially, uh, you know, I I belong to uh, different groups in town where we're used to exercising together and uh, I work out with a group of individuals as well on a regular basis. And now we're unable to do that. We have to be very careful, I should say, about how we go about doing that. So firstly, you know, stick to your plan of training. So if an athlete has a training plan for a certain race, uh, look at your plan and see what makes the most sense. Uh, So in terms of... uh, you know, if you're doing weight training, you can use your body in so many different ways to distance training. Uh, anything from doing plank exercises to, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, crunches, all your traditional old-school things are still valid even today. And so if you set a good framework to, to create the right core control, then when you get out and you either, as a triathlete, we do a lot of swimming, biking, and running. And the thing that's killing me the most right now is that I'm not, unable to swim. But I still do exercises and drills that can at least uh, duplicate some of those movement patterns. And then I'll still get out and get my biking in and my running in. So if I'm going to be running with a friend, we maintain all this, the social distancing protocols. We use our masks. We actually choose routes that are very few people you know, that are out there. We'll run at times where most people don't want to go out because like, if it's a little bit cold or we're starting to drizzle a little bit, most people will stay indoors. And for mm-hmm. us, that's the best time to actually go out and do something because we can avoid the crowds. And then when we're biking, you know, most people look at social distancing as being the six to 10 foot distance. But when we bike, we stay, we'll stay more than 20 to 30 feet away from each other. And I don't bike with more than, you know, one or two other people. So we keep the group small. And again, you know, we're just kind of doing it because I think when you're biking, you want to be part of having company is, is a safety issue as well. So we kind of are there for each other should anything go down. So, uh, you know, from, uh, from an athletic standpoint, you don't sit down and sit at home and just do nothing during this time. Uh, even like today, it's a beautiful day out there. So my plan is to get out and I have a bike ride at three o'clock this afternoon again, and I'm going to get out and ride. 
So, uh, you know, we got to figure out how to engage ourselves and how to continue to find those, those mental challenges that makes us that little bit better. So when I'm out biking or running, you know, I'm still breaking out my workouts into, you know, what will be considered a long distance kind of training ride or run or a sprint distance or an interval training. And I, I, I those, uh, you know, methods during my training sessions. The other big thing that athletes need to watch for, especially at this time, is, you know, our food schedules are all, all gone, you know, out the window. On the upside, you know, we're cooking and, you know, eating a lot more meals at home. And here's our opportunity to create good, tasty, nutritious meals and then follow that through even when COVID, you know, when all the social distancing stuff is, is over with. So, you know, fuel yourself well and then continue to train as if you were in your normal training session and then make those sort of, uh, you know, uh, changes as you need to do so based on, you know, your environment, where you can train. If you need to drive out to a place so you can go and run in a, in a location that's quieter, then do that versus just trying to take the same old routes that are super busy. Wow, I feel like some of that advice, if not all of it, is applicable to non-athletes too. I was taking notes like, oh, I should do that. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Um, just because we are all in the same situation as far as meal prepping and what we are consuming, how often we're consuming food. This is a great opportunity. I heard somewhere else even to try diet a diet that you've not been able to try because of your hectic work schedule. Now is a good time to try a diet and see if it works for you because we have a lot of time to prepare the meals for that diet. And like you said, try to find things that are sustainable even after the release of the quarantine uh, uh, period and the orders to stay in social distance. Like this is a time to begin experimenting things that we otherwise didn't have time to do to better our health overall. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. So what resources do you recommend that people seeking virtual physical training uh, or athletic training services can look out for? So, you know, I can speak for what we set up through Mary Freebed because I know the way we've done our programming and created, you know, the virtual visits that, uh, you know, I, I know what we can offer and, and each, each company outfit out there offers some slight variations of this. So, so at Mary Freebed, you know, uh, we're doing full evaluations and follow-up visits online. So, you know, if you call our number, which is 840-PLAY, so 616-840-PLAY, uh, you can get an appointment with a therapist. Uh, and a lot of our therapists work with uh, sports cases. Uh, and they'll be able to guide you through some initial stages of therapy based on what your needs are. Uh, and that's the best way to connect directly with someone versus trying to just download information online. Um, what to watch out for is, you know, take, take the time to interview the clinicians that are going to work with you. So what are you willing to do for me? How long are these sessions going to be? How do you plan to allow me to move to the next step in my rehab? And if you don't ask those questions, then um, you're just going to be at the mercy of someone that may just do like a telephone sort of visit or a video visit that is not meaningful. So for me, the, the, the number one thing is no matter how we do it, how we access the information, uh, as, a, as a patient, you need to receive value. And as a clinician, we need to provide value through every step of the way. We take a good you know, 30 to 45 minutes with each patient during our virtual visits because it really allows us to get in and help these patients 
you know, modify the activity levels in the environment. And so, you know, the, the plus side is we're now seeing our patients do things in the environment that they live in. Whereas when they come into our practice, you know, we don't see that. We don't know how high or low that chair is that they're going to have to sit on. And now we can actually see that at home. So we see the silver lining in providing them more specific information about their environment and how to work out within that. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning, Terrence. This has been very, very informative. We have loved having you on the show and we thank you so much for your expertise and all your work in our community. Yeah, thank you, Christine. It's been a pleasure. Shaping Narratives, a collection of voices from West Michigan's communities of color, is brought to you in partnership with the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, a partner with communities where children come first. Want to hear more Shaping Narratives episodes? Download and subscribe at WGVU.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe if you get a chance. It helps us to know you're listening. Shipping Nervous is produced by WGVU, PBS and NPR in West Michigan, through the facilities of the Meyer Public Broadcast Center, a service of Grand Valley State University. Matt Gruppen processed all the audio. Joe Belenke edits each episode. Vansor designed our graphics and manages our web presence. Delane is our director of content. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of WGVU or Grand Valley State University. <laughs>